0: It's beginning to get dark as you make your way home from your friends. You know you should have left earlier, but time just got away from you. There's evening mist rolling in as you pedal your bike along the road, and there's a familiar chill in the air that promises a frost later. But you're not bothered. You're making good time on the quiet road. Then suddenly, your bike jerks as if someone had grabbed it, pulling you towards the verge. You fight for control, trying to keep your bike on the road. You look down. A pair of large, hairy hands grasp your bike handles, and with one last pull, your bike hits the verge, throwing you from it. This wasn't supposed to happen. Friends and welcome to the inaugural episode of Grave History and Macabre History podcast. I'm Teddy. I'm Katrina, and we are your hosts. And tonight we are discussing British cryptids, starting with Scotland hey. and England. <laughs> yeah, we put Scotland first. I thought we'd think like that.
1: Yeah, I like it. I'm
0: <laughs> All right. So into
1: that. So yeah, how about we? start off by explaining just a little bit about why we decided to do this topic yeah sounds good to me yeah so um so what I think when we were researching this we're 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 not going to be talking at the moment about ghosts for example Mm. yeah kind of avoiding ghosts because there's so much you could talk about and yeah 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 I wanted to focus a bit more on the kind of cryptid angle Mm, and also ghosts have kind of been talked to death like yeah I mean I think I think yeah I mean I think we can we're, we're definitely gonna go there oh we're gonna go there oh we
0: will definitely go there we we're will gonna go get bells on it
1: <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah we wanted to start off with you know uh not ghosts not murders um and I don't know about you my criteria for what I was picking because I'm gonna be doing Scotland mm. obviously <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, was, like, trying to find stuff that was maybe a bit more unusual, a bit more, maybe less known. Yeah, like, a bit off the beaten track. bit off the beaten track. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and there's so much out there, though. Oh, my God. This is, it really is. This is just, like, a whistle-stop tour of some mm. of our... Fa- and it's quite personal, like, personal favourites. Oh, absolutely. You know? I was just, yeah. like,
0: what names make me the kind of happiest? What make me, like, kind of smile?
1: <laughs> Like, I was just kind of going for the spookiest things to be honest that's like, fair. <laughs> I mean there are some like um, I'm not going to talk about uh, the Loch Ness Monster for example mm. um, mainly because I think everyone knows about about her yeah much as we love her um, she's a good lady oh she's lovely I love her um, <laughs> and um, I wasn't going to talk about Selkies either even though they're also oh, really cool
0: babes. I love Selkies
1: but they yeah I know right they're not uh, they're, they're not spooky they're kind of I don't know They've got a real Joanna Newsom vibe going on, yeah. Uh, which I, which I'm well into. A bit Florence in the Machine. Yeah, that's yeah, also a good shout. Bit Stevie Nicks, mm. um, which is which is lovely. I'm into that. But sometimes you just want to, you just you just want to feel them chills on the back of your on the back of your knees.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm always <laughs> here for that. I'm yeah. always here
1: for that. I'm going to turn us down just a tiny bit. Okay.
0: Because <laughs> I'm just looking at my uh, my microphone and I think I'm pitching. So. You know what? But let's maybe I, since we, I mean, we had a little peek of of British cryptids or English cryptids, sorry, yeah. in the the intro there. Obviously, a yes. little bit of good old hairy hands, who we will be discussing later. I love length. the hairy
1: hands so much. <laughs> they were like they were like my baby's first like ghost story. Yeah. When I was, like, nine or so. Um, no, oh no, God! They scared the shit out of me. Yeah, the first time I can I wrote,
0: imagine. Yeah. Do you know my first baby's first ghost story was a story about um, a house where people had been buried under the floor and like their faces started appearing in the kitchen floor.
1: That was the the Belmez house in Spain.
0: Yeah, that's that the one. was in
1: the that was in the same book where I had the oh, hairy hands. Yeah, there we go. So you know, and a ton of other stuff like the Bell Witch, which is quite a yes. good one. Yeah. Winchester Mystery House, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, we're mostly here to look at Britain, of course. Mm. Much as we love our across the pond yeah. spooks, much um, as we love a good uh, foot, it <laughs> 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 much as we love our big our big feet yes. and our our our, our chupacabras and um, our
0: oh, what's the other one uh, uh, jackalopes?
1: Uh, jack, oh yes, I like those. Yes, I like those. No, and um, as much uh, as we love them, we are here tonight um, to discuss. Men, yes.
0: Specifically, British cryptids, not yeah. Goat Bay. Um, <laughs> he's been. He, bay. He's got enough attention. He. Everyone loves Goat Bay. Mm. Mm. I think in that case we should start with uh, with your first offering, with my
1: first offering. Okay. Mm. So, uh, oh, I just wanted to quickly say before I got going. Um, so sources that I've used tonight. Um, is I've used three books called Scottish Myths and Le- Legends by Judy Hamilton. Very Another nice. Another one called, thank you, Supernatural Scotland by Lily Seafield. Mm-hmm. Although these two seem to have interchangeable paragraphs, so I don't know if... I mean, they're published by the same house, so I don't know if, if it's like the pseudonym for the author or whatever. But <laughs> you know, Maybe they're the same book. <laughs> I don't think they're the same book. I think I would have noticed. Yeah. But I've noticed... Let more obvious things, or I've mm-hmm. not noticed more. You know what I mean. Uh, and then I've read *A Companion to the Folklore, Myths and Customs of Britain* by Mark Alexander. Um, plus, I use the websites orkneyjar.com uh, *Skeptoid.com*, and *BritishParanormal.co.uk*. Nice. Just um, yeah, because it's uh, it's good to cite your sources, obviously. Mm. Um, I'm yeah, not or- going to be
0: saying what sources I used. Uh, fair enough. Because it's mostly Wikipedia.
1: That's fair. That's, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah and um and ag- and again if you're interested in this stuff I totally recommend looking it up because there is stuff uh we can't quite talk about everything. Mm. Um there's going to be some yeah there's going to be some stuff we're missing out. Or there might even be some stuff you disagree with or you hey that's not that's not true. Um but yeah no we we're going to do the best we can to give you the actual facts. Although yeah. obviously that gets dicey when you're talking about cryptids.
0: Yeah cryptids as a thing tend to be kind of Uh, with the facts, you know. Yeah. Obviously you have some facts, you have people's testimonies. Yeah, Um, you've
1: you've got what people wrote down a long time ago. Yeah, but
0: people are liars. (laughs) Whether they mean to be or not.
1: (laughs) Are liars sometimes.
0: (laughs) Did you like how I said that?
1: Yes. Uh, Right. Okay. Tell me about
0: Scottish cryptids.
1: Okay, I've got my first guy here. My first boy, and he's coming all the way in from the Orkney Islands,
0: Ooh. so
1: right up at northernmost Scotland. I have not been to the Orkney Islands; I've heard very nice things, um, but yeah, the the culture there is known as Orcadian. Ah, that sounds uh, really fancy. It does, doesn't it? I actually didn't know that before I yeah. started reading this. Sounds um, kind of um, Dungeons and Dragons. Well, actually, we're kind of, so uh, this particular cryptid, uh-huh. uh, it's called. Now, I've never seen this. Like, I've never heard this <laughs> pronounced before. Don't make fun. It's, um, it's spelled either Nuklavi or Nuklavi, and I have absolutely no idea which pronunciation you're supposed to go with, so I'm just going to say Nuklavi.
0: Yeah, I'm too English it... to touch that, so... Oh, well,
1: I'm about to expose exactly how few Gaelic words I know um, <laughs> and how I'm the least Scottish Scottish person ever, so this is going to be very embarrassing for me. Um, Go wild. <laughs> but yeah, so this creature in particular um is also um uh, a creature in Magic the Gathering. Is nice. what I found fa- yes, is what I found out when I was trying to look it up because like I would say a good 70% of all the results were to do with Magic the Gathering.
0: Yay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I've never actually played. I'm more no. of a the Dragon's person, but Yeah. Yeah. No, so it just <laughs> there's
0: a lot of cards and they're very pretty, but
1: Okay. I, 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 I've no, I haven't messed around with cards since <laughs> my mum accidentally threw out all my sister's card captor secure <gasps> cards. And no. Yes. <laughs> and that was the most difficult thing that's ever happened to anyone ever, mm. uh, in all of history. Okay, so <laughs> Nucklevy. Back to this boy, Nucklevy. So, um, this is probably the most horrible demon in the Scottish Northern Isles. <gasps> Yeah, the source I'd said uh, specified the Scottish Northern Isles. So I'm like, is there anything worse than like the Hebrides? But <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Um, so uh, it goes back. We've got stories recorded in the 16th century Latin manuscripts of Joe Ben. So we're oh, going shit. back, going back quite a wee while. Yeah. Um, although a lot of uh, descriptions come a lot later in sort of the 19th century. Mm. Um, it's the the main eyewitness account. Um, which came uh, in about uh, 1890-ish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so um, first of all, a little bit of speculation about the name Nuklevi. Um No one quite knows exactly where it came from. It's actually thought it may be a Norse demon mixed with a Scottish Kelpie. Ooh. Yeah, because of uh, possible Scandinavian influence. And then there's also a theory that Nuck, the first part, maybe comes from Nick, you know, which is one of the many folk names for the devil.
0: I did not know that.
1: Old Nick. Oh, isn't that Santa? Uh, no, that's jolly old Saint Nick. Oh, okay. Old, Ni- old that's, Nick is like... That's a little um, too similar. Santa, Satan. Uh... <laughs> no, it's like in, um, uh, what is it, the Imaginary of Dr. Parnassus... Um, uh, the devil's called Old Nick, and he's, uh, he's play- okay. Mr. Mr. Nick, and he's played by Tom Waits, which is perfect casting. It is perfect casting. Absolutely perfect. Um, so yeah, this this thing, um, this thing, um, <laughs> the descriptions of it are somewhat inconsistent. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's actually a sea creature, but no one really knows what it looks like when it's in the sea. Because Uh. all of the sightings have been on land. Now, um, the legend surrounding this thing is that in the summer months it's confined in the sea by a spirit called the Mither of the Sea, and she is an Orcadian ocean spirit. And the the the, the myth, I love her already too. And the the myth around her is a bit like a kind of um, seasonal myth, you know, like Hades and Persephone or whatever, Mm. um, in that she uh, fights. Every spring she fights the evil sea spirits and (gasps) she keeps the waters calm over summer, but then she gets overpowered by them again come
0: autumn. Ah, Um, I see, I see. that is when the
1: Nuklavi comes out of the depths. Um, Yeah, and islanders were terrified of him, would not speak his name without saying a prayer. Hmm. Uh, He was often seen near beaches, but never came ashore if it was raining. Um, interestingly, he also, he can't cross fresh water.
0: Oh, he's um, a bit of a,
1: kind of a Davy Jones type? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, Tamashanta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, uh... you know, it's, it's, it's thought there's some interchange with those kind of ideas as well, about uh-huh. being un- unable to cross running water, which has various, uh, folkloric origins. Oh yeah, there's lots of stuff in, in, like, magic as well about, mm.
0: Like, running water and how it it's something that can't be crossed. Yeah. And by that I mean magic as in, like, witchcraft, not magic as in Magic the Gathering.
1: Shame, because that's where we are. <laughs> oh. Um, but, yeah, so... Um, so, there's a... His most famous description came in a book called Orkney Folklore Sea Myths by Walter Trail Dennison, mm-hmm. which was published in 1891. Um... An islander known only as Tamus claimed to have survived an encounter with this creature. This is the only first-hand account. Oh. And get a load of this guy. Um, I'm ready. So, <laughs> so what it is is um it's a centaur type creature. I'm but into what it. it is is it's a horse. Uh uh-huh. A man's torso protruding from the from its back. Oh. Ma- man's torso doesn't have any legs, um, but it has long arms that drag along the ground. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, it gets worse. Um, <laughs> the human head is three feet in diameter and <laughs> is, is said to roll and flop around. <laughs> I know. This sounds like something from Monster Factory. Oh, there's more. Uh, the horse head um, is said to have a gaping mouth that exudes toxic vapours oh and God. a single giant red eye. Jesus. I think I've sat next to this person on the overground. Oh, yeah, totally. Not. This is <laughs> Uh, the worst part is that, is that the creature has no skin. You can what? see You can see its black blood running through yellow veins and all of its sinews and muscles. Oh, my God. Glistening. Actually, the, I think the word it used was pulsating, which is oh. a lovely word that I don't no. get the chance to use enough, quite frankly. Please don't ever say it again around me. Pulsating. Oh, no. Um, other descriptions add features like... Um, it has a mouth like a pig um okay. others, say, others say like a whale um what? yes but um, yeah the the other descriptions of it vary but the the uh, the tamas account is the only first hand one that was, has ever been documented mm mm-hmm. um and people were afraid of this creature i mean i um, don't blame them as far i don't know it's not <laughs> I, I i mean i wouldn't get on a log flume ride with it no um it said that um Though I couldn't find any specific encounters of it actively killing people directly, mm. uh, what this creature did was they said its breath wilts crops, sickens livestock, causes droughts—not droughts, not droughts uh, epidemics of disease, famines, plagues. Um, this th- this thing, even though you know a lot of mythological creatures are somewhat ambiguous, this thing is mm. unambiguously evil. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's we love an unambiguously evil. I mean, they're quite rare, so, yeah, you know. know, To go back to
0: Dungeons & Dragons, he's kind of... Would you call him chaotic evil, or lawful evil,
1: or or neutral? Well, see, his thing is... um, He is angered by uh, seaweed being burned to make kelp, uh, which was used uh, to treat the soil. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's believed that it made him go on an uncontrollable rampage of crop-burning... Uh, drought-causing, plague-spreading. Um, and he's said to have killed horses on the Isle of Stronsay um, with a disease that is referred to as mortachine. Mortachine? Mortachine. Oh, mortachine. Yes, and I looked up mortachine. Uh-huh. Um, and according to the Scottish National Dictionary, it means literally death of the spine once attested in a proverb in 1534 disease being properly attributed to a a affection of the spinal marrow the first element may however be a corruption of glanders thick mucus discharge
0: that's disgusting and i want nothing to ever do with that ever again i'm sorry apparently i've just discovered another word that i don't like which Uh is mucus oh (laughs) <laughs> this is just a journey through words Teddy okay. doesn't like.
1: I'm just going to be writing all these down. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Ready to. It's fine, you can do it with words I don't like.
0: Yeah, you're just going to discover the, like, pulsating mucus beast, and I'll just cry. Mm,
1: pulsating mucus beast. That's Ugh. like. That's like a. That's, that's a Junji Ito monster, I think. That's waiting mm. to happen.
0: Or, um, alternatively,
1: yeah. a red dwarf monster. Dude, that, that was the. Uh, what was it called? The thing that. The polymorph. That describes the polymorph. Yeah. Or well, that doesn't?
0: Isn't there a creature that's like created from Lister's snotty tissues? Actually, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're way off topic. Well, this can we, get cut. At least know where
1: no one's got the idea from. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just wanted to finish up by saying, okay, because I mean, all mythological stuff has some kind of meaning or root. Mm. Um. Obviously, this creature is meant to serve as an explanation partly for the seasons. Mm. Along with um, along with the sea mither, but also uh, an explanation as to why these horrible things happen, like droughts, famines, uh, plagues, diseases. Ah, okay. So it's like that kind of. Mm-hmm. This
0: is why we have storms. This is why we have this kind of.
1: Yeah, uh... I mean, I, I I don't know if inclement weather mm. was blamed on it. Uh, oh
0: no, I meant like the way like oh, yeah, Norse mythology yeah, no. is like we have storms because of Thor.
1: Yeah, or Roman. We have volcanoes because of because of uh, what was the volcano guy name, Hephaestus? No, that was Greek. Vulcan. He was called Vulcan. Good yeah, God, it was right in there in the name. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Good job. Thanks. We got there in the end. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there aren't really any modern sightings of this creature. Mm hmm. Uh, which I'm thankful for because yeah. I. Uh, don't know what I'd do if I came face to face with... Just cry. I think I'd just give up.
0: Yeah, just abandon hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Please take my soul. Oh, oh, like I say, um, uh, it's, it seems to be aggressive, but again, no direct deaths seem to yeah. be have been attributed to it. Obviously, there's a lot more sort of archival stuff I haven't gone into yet. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, I would love to do a deep dive on these things, kind of really getting into a proper archival material. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah, that'd just be like fun. Like a
0: full dive into it. That'd be mean, fun.
1: that that's what I want to do for literally everything on this list. But you know, yeah, <laughs> it'd be now, like that. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm worrying because all of yours are quite, or at least not this, not all of yours, but the one you started with is quite archaic. Okay, and mine are all kind of. I mean, the earliest one I have is, like, 1837. Oh, dude, my next two are modern.
1: Okay, good. Okay, plus, good. Plus the account I just read you was from 1891, so, you know. Was... Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, but. Yes, yes, what have you forward... got for me?
0: Yeah, so okay. we're jumping forward about 80 years, if my math serves me correctly. Oh. Okay, okay, uh, take me back. To the 1970s. Nice. Just picture it, there's polyester, Ew. you're wearing bell bottoms. I'm not. There's a lot of brown. You're in the <laughs> 70s. Okay, we're there.
1: 70s was just brown,
0: wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and we're going to be discussing the Beast of Bodmin Moor. Ooh. So we've gone all the way from really north to basically as south as you can get almost.
1: Yeah, I think because, we're doing the full breadth of the of the yeah. island here. We're in Cornwall, friends. Lovely.
0: Um, and the Beast of Bodmin Moor mm-hmm. was a story that started after reports of um, reports, mostly of mutilated livestock, which is, as far as I can tell, a pretty common starting point for a lot of like more countryside cryptids yeah like you get mutilated livestock with aliens in the u.s and with bigfoot so it seems to be a pretty good starting point el chupacabra oh chupacabra Mm -hmm. um you know because no human would ever mutilate livestock of course it just seems like it'd be a lot of effort yeah i mean cow tipping is one thing but you know does that really happen? No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back anyway. on top. Um And it was attributed to a phantom wildcat. Okay. The, uh, I forget the word. The the beast of Bodmin. Mm. Uh, was a was a phantom wildcat? Um, the sightings kind of started in the seventies, which means I don't put a huge amount of faith in the in those sightings because. I don't know about you, but anytime there's sightings of like weird and wonderful things in the '60s or '70s, I'm like, mm, how many
1: drugs were you on? It was kind of when the tabloids took off as well. Yeah. So
0: you can. So things really weren't bananas. Mm. Um, but the, the basically from the get go, it was a, more of a belief. It was never that the big cat was like some kind of fantastical being. Mm -hmm. So much. It was more that someone, some rich person had imported big cats basically for their kind of private zoo or private collection, which was the main kind of term that I saw used, which was great. Um, And they had later escaped and were now kind of living wild in
1: Cornwall. (laughs) I mean, it happens. Like, the the next town over from um, where I am right now, uh, Mm. I'm in in East Linton, in Haddington really recently, um, and escaped... uh, Now, it was either a constrictor or a python, I forget which. Oh, God. But it was found dead. Oh. Yeah, I know, poor thing. Um, Poor baby. Yeah, exactly, but it it happens. Yeah, I was going to say, people do keep
0: constrictors and what have you as pets. But less often big cats yeah, Yeah. big cats, a little bit more kind of
1: illegal. Yeah, I was going to say, that's ten different shades of illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it kind of culminised, again, in 1978, so this is quite a small window of things. Mm. Um, there was an animal trainer by the name of Mary Chipperfield, which that's is a... a great name.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, Had released three pumas that she had. Is it pumas or pumas? I never know. I don't say it out loud very often. Yeah. Into the wild, following the closure of her Plymouth Zoo, um, which could have led to sightings, but that was kind of never really substantiated with anything. Like, it was always just kind of, well, maybe she did it.
1: Could they realistically survive in that climate?
0: No, see, this is what I was thinking. Like, when they're in zoos and and that kind of thing, they have to be in really kind of climate-controlled areas and they're not Mm -hmm. let out when it's cold.
1: Yeah, plus, you know, the food. Are yeah. They, would they be getting the right... Well, I, I mean, I guess if there's livestock mutilations, mm. then that's an option, but, you know... Yeah, are they... I've been to Plymouth.
0: It's yeah. it's cold, and it's kind of damp, and I'm not a big cat, but I don't think I could survive her.
1: Yeah, cats need that. Cats like the, the warm. They like lying around in the sun. Mm, exactly. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, same. <laughs> um, and then... After the, the, the claims in the 70s, sightings kind of continued um, yeah. right up until the 90s, actually. How long do um, big cats live? Um, you know, I don't know. Hmm. But I'm assuming it's a lot less time when they're in Cornwall. <laughs> that would yeah. be my, my theory. Um, but the sightings got so regular and so kind of, um, like, backed up by people, Mm. um, that they actually conducted an official investigation um, in 95. uh, The Ministry of Agriculture, Fisheries, and Food.
1: The most fun ministry. Yeah,
0: that well-known ministry, uh, AFF. Um, They found no verifiable evidence of exotic felines loose anywhere in Britain at all, which is fun because there's kind of Alien big cat spottings or phantom big cat spottings kind of all over all of the British Isles,
1: really. So, what are some of the explanations that one might give?
0: Um, well, I remember in Essex they had a whole thing of there's a lion loose in Colchester, and it was like a cat. It was just a big, <sighs> How like a house cat. Big
1: house... How big was this like cat? Like a.
0: What are those really big, fluffy ones?
1: Ah, uh, but. Main I've seen a Maine Coon. I don't think I'd mistake it for a lion unless I, I was very small.
0: Listen, I don't think you fully understand how thick people in Essex are. And I can say that because <laughs> I live there. Um, but you you guys have one up, up in Scotland. You've um, got the beast of, of Buchan?
1: Buchan? Uh, b- uh, I believe it's Buchan. That's, an yeah. no, that's another See, I, I so rarely say what, these words mm. out loud. I'm, I'm just, just kind of looking
0: at them like, uh, I don't know. I,
1: w- I would say Buchan. Because on account yeah. of like Buchanan, but yeah, uh, roast um, me if I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, uh, but for those not in the know, uh, the Buchanan area is up near Aberdean, Aberdeenshire,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, and that's that's another phantom big cat spotting. Um, but sightings also appear from the northern Highlands, all the way to the border with England, dating back to about the 30s. So it's pretty prevalent.
1: I mean, Highland cats are pretty big. Mm. As um, so maybe maybe yeah. that's an easier explanation. I guess, but you you still probably wouldn't mistake one for a a, a big big cat.
0: I. You know, I don't think a lot of people have actually seen. At this point, at least, like everyone can go to London Zoo now or Colchester Zoo now yeah, and if you, see if you if you've prepared to sell your car. So expensive. yeah. <laughs> Um, but after the government investigation, uh, about less than a week, actually, after the investigation, a, a young boy found the skull of a big cat by the river Fowley. Um, the skull measured about 10 centimetres oh, or four inches for our, uh, imperial friends, uh, <laughs> long. And the skull had prominent canines like a leopard. So that seems like pretty... Substantial evidence that there is big cats.
1: Four inches. Yeah, it's not like, the biggest. that sounds but... like a regular cat skull. No, I think they're a bit. I I've, think they're. I've never actually measured a cat skull. Actually, no, I would like to clarify I, that. I can tell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Natural skulls, History Museum never a cat. No.
0: The Natural History Museum in London uh, verified that it was a leopard. Excitingly. But oh. uh, that the leopard had not died in England, oh, um, and was in fact imported as part of a rug. What? Oh, yeah, like a leopard skin rug. I they sometimes kept the skulls in for, for like, uh, for like shape. Oh yeah. Rather than creating like a mold like you
1: normally do with taxidermy, they decided yes, to just keep, just the, skull keep in. the actual, you know, just in case. Yeah, gonna crack it open at some point, Um, which someone must have done if the skull ended up. Yeah, you'd think. That's cool. Um, Mm. My my dad used to work as like an investigations officer for the RSPB. Oh. And he kind of, like, worked with, um, you know, bird poisonings, egg smuggling, that kind of thing, but you know, it's all in the same kind of trade, kind of this trading of like exotic animal parts. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Uh they used to have a display about it in the Museum of Scotland actually, but I think it's Ooh. gone. Yeah, which oh. is a shame. Yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. I've
0: realised as well, I have not actually described the uh the oh. beast. Well please do. It's described as panther like. Mm-hmm. So big and black, you know. Um anywhere from three to five feet long. hmm So definitely bigger than a house cat. <laughs> Um, And with white or yellow eyes. So it just sounds like a panther. Yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in 98, a video appeared. We've reached prime cryptid territory. There are blurry
1: videos. Um, Oh, we we love a blurry video mm -hmm. when we're cryptid hunting. (laughs) We in the
0: cryptozoological society... (laughs) Dude, I want want all
1: photos of me to just be blurry and taken from a great distance. Yeah, I'd be happy that way. Um, The video,
0: though, appeared to show a three-foot-long black animal. Uh Uh, It was shown to the curator of Nuki Zoo, who described it as the best evidence yet.
1: Now, I don't want to be a, you know, a a a Debbie Downer. I don't want to. I don't want to rain on your parade. I don't want to. I don't want to pour too much water on your bean sprouts here. <laughs> but um, uh, what about the issue of perspective?
0: Yeah. Is there anything to kind of measure the size of this cat against? Or did the person who filmed it just went, it was three foot long, I saw it.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, obviously you're quite good at, you. Can, you the human eye is quite good at judging depth and distance, but yeah, you can be tricked. And yeah. uh, where was the photo taken? Was it on a, on a moor or...? Uh, I think Do you so. Have yeah, it was in kind Cornwall. Of... I I've, never Cornwall. I I've never been to Cornwall. I don't know. I think.
0: <laughs> I think it was just like a kind of large grassy area uh, next to. I one mean, they have moors the in Devon. So
1: mines. I've I've seen pole Yeah. It there must be grassy areas fine. for
0: him to romp through.
1: Yeah, but I. I, I, I just. Feel I should like... add. Yeah, I just the feel The curator like, of... Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I feel like perspective on that could be tricked pretty easily. Yeah. For, you know, when you're looking at something that's just a larger version of a, a, a common household animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, the, the curator that looked at it uh, yeah. is also a big cat, or wild cat expert.
1: Okay, I guess that, that holds mm. some water then.
0: It gives a little bit more credence, but also... Mm. Big cats
1: and little cats kind of can act really similar. They do
0: act very similar. So, I don't know. Maybe. If it was maybe like. it's not.
1: If they claimed they'd seen like a three foot spider, I'd be impressed. Yeah. But and, a three and foot terrified. cat vibe.
0: That's. Mm, that could just be a house cat. Mm. Right. Should we, yeah. we move back up north?
1: Back up north, okay. Well, this time. <sighs> Sorry, I'm stretching my legs. This time we're going slightly further south. Ooh. We find ourselves in the Cairngorm Mountains uh, which is a national park which is the biggest in Britain actually. Huh. Yes. I didn't know that. I've been. Now uh, the main mountain we're talking about Ben Macdui, is the largest mountain in the Cairngorms. I haven't actually been up it. Mm. I My dad has. I think. Okay. Uh, um, but it's Forty-two, uh, four thousand two hundred ninety-five feet high. Right. Yes. Uh, to give you kind of an idea of the topography, um, it's very vast. It's very cold in a lot of places. Some places have snow patches all year round. Goodness. Um, it's very sort of. It's quite barren, chilling, windswept. We've got so gra-
0: perfect horror yes. territory.
1: Well, basically, it's got grass and rocks and scree. What is scree? It's it's like rocky kind of um, uh, patches on a mountainside. Ah, okay. Mm, yeah. Um. At yeah, at the very top of the, at the very top of the mountain. Um. It's so high up in the mist. It's just kind of this, uh, vast pebbly area with just, usually surrounded by mist. Ooh. queen victoria actually uh climbed the mountain in 18, 1859 i was going to say it had to be fairly early on to give you a visual i don't know maybe she was carried <laughs> up by servants i'm absolutely no idea
0: <laughs> i'm just saying um, it wasn't when she was as round as she was tall
1: it was i th- uh, i uh, my uh my queen victoria timeline is not good all i know is that she died in 1901 <laughs> So basically, the
0: further away from 1901 it was, the more likely
1: it is. Well, yeah. But yeah, this was 1859, and she declared it as having a sublime and solemn effect. So wild, so solitary. <laughs> uh, sublime is actually one of my favourite words. It is um, a great word. I, I used it a lot in um, my dissertation I wrote about abandoned buildings in Japan. Yay! Um, it, uh, it's basically so when something is beautiful, but also instills fear in you. Yeah. It's It's... how I want to be described uh, by all men. It's awful, but awesome. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, And the creature we're going to be talking about is known as in Gaelic, and this is where my pronunciation really will take a nosedive. I do not speak (laughs) it. Um, I'm a terrible Scottish person. Am which literally means big grey man. Ooh. Ooh, I know. So... Uh, this legend is also relatively recent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's traced back to 1891 by one explorer named Norman Colley, who was a mountaineer and a professor of organic chemistry. He, oh, okay. had it, he had this experience in 1891, and he was heard to recall it during a climbing trip to New Zealand of the same year, but he didn't speak about it again until 1925 when he shared it at the Cairngorn Club in Aberdeen, um, apparently he was quite hesitant.
0: Yeah, that seems to be a kind of ongoing theme in encrypted in stories.
1: Yes. Um, he was... Yeah, which I think adds a certain credence to certain, you know, kinds mm. of description as well. Um, so what he said was, uh, he was alone at the summit of the mountain, and if I may give you his account oh please do Mm -hmm. I was returning from the cairn on the summit in a mist when I began to think I heard something else than merely the noise of my own footsteps for every step I took I heard a crunch and then another crunch as if someone was walking after me but taking steps three or four times the length of my own Oh! I said to myself this is all nonsense (laughs) I listened and heard it again but could see nothing in the mist as I walked on and the eerie crunch crunch sounded behind me I was seized with terror and took to my heels, staggering blindly among boulders for four or five miles, nearly down to Rothy Merch's forest. Whatever you make of it, I do not know. But there is something very queer about the top of Ben McDewie, and I will not go there again by myself, I know. Okay. Mm. Uh, this So is... that, that's yeah. clearly quite a A, a harrowing experience well, that, that he's s- had. That seems to be kind of... A uniting factor is people having this kind. People being alone, usually. First of Mm. all, Um, that is still the most famous account with the great great man. Okay. Um, And he wasn't even seen in that one. Well, no, it's he was just heard. Um, This is another famous account. Yeah. Made by uh, Alexander Tunion, whose name I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. (laughs) Uh, He wrote. He wrote this for the Scots Magazine. Uh, and this was... He wrote it in 1958, but the experience took place in 1943. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is his account. In October 1943, I spent a ten-day leave climbing alone in the Cairngorms. One afternoon, just as uh, I reached the summit can of Ben McDewey, mist swirled across the lay rig grew and enveloped the mountain. The atmosphere became dark and oppressive. A fierce bitter wind whisked among the boulders and... An odd sound echoed in the mist. A loud footstep, it seemed. Then another... And another. A strange shape loomed up, receded, came charging at me. Without hesitation, I whipped out the revolver and fired three times at the figure. When it still came on, I turned and headed down the path, reaching Glenderry in a time I have never bettered. You may ask what it really if it really was the Fear Frankly, I think it was. Um, there's a very long list of accounts. Um, yeah. For a long time, there was a book wrapped in oiled silk that was kept in a shelter near the top of the mountain where climbers could read old accounts of the creature uh... and record their own in return. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these accounts are made by, obviously, <coughs> I don't doubt that some of them were made up because that's just mm. the nature of the thing, but a lot of them were made by experienced mountaineers um, and many were made the reports in good faith, which, as I, uh, as I said before, I believe Collie did and I believe Tunian did too, given the the mm. distance between reporting the two.
0: Yeah, that definitely really does lead some, uh, not lead, mm. give some kind of credence to the, like, the truth of the story. Because if it was like, oh, I'm going to make up this thing, you would kind of tell it immediately.
1: Yeah, I mean, plus a lot of them are pretty anticlimactic. Um, they, yeah. they they give the visual, the, a brief visual, He's usually described as a large grey shape, a silhouette, a, a giant figure looming out of the mist. Mm. Um, quite akin to a Sasquatch or Yeti in terms of size and shape, uh, but mm. usually with very few distinctive features. Um, okay. Now, uh, it was also, uh, there's another account by a Captain Sir Hugh Rankin.
0: Oh, that's an I don't know excellent how one name. becomes
1: a Captain Sir, but I hope I'm on the right path. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he claims to have met um the 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 man uh, and spoken with him twice uh i love this captain sir oh it gets weirder um i'm sure it does now uh captain sir Hugh Rankin was a was a practicing buddhist and he claimed that uh, the great grey man was a bodhisattva which uh, right. for those of us not down with our enlightened terminology um, a bodhisattva <laughs> <Me. laughs> yeah. a bodhisattva is one who in Buddhism reaches enlightenment but instead of sort of passing o- over the threshold into nirvana so to speak turns around and returns their enlightenment to other people they become a, te- a teacher uh, so to speak Yes, I see I'm a- I am understanding yes so in-, in his account that would mean the creature was benevolent but All other accounts um, associate The Great Grey Man with a terrible feeling of dread. Um, Mm. Most have described feelings of depression and fear, anxiety, uh, even leading up to thoughts of suicide and of a compulsion to jump off the mountain. Oh, God. Yeah. Which is, I mean, (sighs) a lot of sources talk about, you know, the psychological effects of being on your own. And also high altitude. One would expect. Yeah, I I don't. I don't know enough about physiology to comment on that. Really, either. Uh, (laughs) But um, you know, it is. It's a very. uh, There were some sources saying it's not natural for someone to be that isolated, especially in. Mm. You know, I mean, these stories are coming from a time when people who were more urbanized. Yeah, largely yeah so you know that could have an effect on the mind certainly uh, there's also the idea of it being psychosomatic in a way maybe people are expecting mm. to see it and so they do um, mm. other people suggest that it, it lines up almost exactly with the symptoms of having a panic attack because people, des- yeah. people describe a paranoia um, you know a tightening of the chest just that, a yeah. feeling of overwhelming dread um, the need to get out of there um
0: <laughs> And, I mean, that's how I feel whenever I have to do any kind of physical exercise. Whenever, yeah, whenever so. I have
1: to do anything, I just... Ah, yeah. I'm <laughs> being chased by a giant man. Um, and um, I actually came across this legend because it was in a book we had to read in primary school, uh, which I really loved, called The Haunted Mountain by Molly Hunter. What? And in, oh, wow. in this story, the hero has to climb uh, Ben McDewey for some reason or another. It's been a while. Well- um, but I just I just remember being scared shitless by the description of him because it said that he can't see, but his, his yeah. hearing is so good he can hear the grass grow. Oh, Jesus. So you better not make a sound, you know, otherwise he gone get you. Um, That's horrible. Yeah, but the, the kind of general scientific explanation for this, um, this is what Skeptoid.com, which is one of my favourite paranormal <laughs> websites is, because it really actually does apply critical thinking very well um, yeah. is that they are brock inspectors uh, yes.
0: yes i've heard of yes, these
1: which is an optical illusion um i believe uh first recorded in germany
0: uh, uh, i mean that sounds german it's very so. german
1: yes <laughs> um it's uh basically uh as the result of the the, the climactic conditions the mist, the light—what you're seeing is a projection of your own shadow um, onto the uh, mist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that would look like a giant looming figure. Yeah, and I mean, combined with maybe a feeling of isolation. Yeah. You know me.
0: And also, would your would your footsteps not kind of echo a little bit?
1: I think they might. I again, that would depend very much on the what the what the landscape was like. Mm. Um, but that's definitely a possibility. Um, you know, and something like brock and Spectres might account for other spiritual things like, you know, uh, Yeti or whatever glimpsed on. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and they can they can come from any light source, not just the sun. So you could see them at night in a, a full moon or a lantern or a flashlight. Uh, you just need the fog uh, conditions and a light
0: source. And you know what? I don't know a huge amount about Scottish mountains, but I'm <laughs> assuming there's fog.
1: Oh, uh, I have definitely been up very foggy mountains in Scotland. Yes, not always. It's it, mm-hmm. it's a weather thing. It depends on what the weather's doing. Um, but I would say... say.
0: Does everyone tweet suddenly that it's Silent Hill and that's how you know? Silent
1: Hill. Ah, it's Silent Hill. <laughs> it's like yeah, this is the cut. This is the Silent Hill country retreat. In and... <laughs> yes, my favorite kind. <laughs> I love Silent Hill. Um, But yeah, the the, the broken spectre looks just like a very tall, very thin figure of a human.
0: Yeah, which would match with a kind of elongated shadow of a human.
1: So, you know, that could very well be the explanation, and many think it is. Um, I would probably, to be honest, if I had to make a bet, say it was something like that. But also, isn't it fun to think that maybe, just maybe up there on top of the mountain...
0: (laughs) Is a weird... Tall, skinny,
1: grey man. He just wants to make friends.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. So if we come back down south Let's go back down for south. a little bit, okay. Um, we can investigate our intro creature, our yes. uh, intro cryptid, uh, hairy hands. I'm so pumped for this. I love the hairy hands. Mhm, mhm. So I will say as a kind of. Thing before I get started. No, I haven't travelled very far from uh, the location of the Beast of Bodmin Moor. Mm-hmm. I'm staying in the kind of southerly regions. I'm staying nearby. We're now in Dartmoor. Lovely. Uh, which for anyone who hasn't been, just is creepy. <laughs> it's very creepy. Like it's it's your kind of stereotypical spooky moor. Mm. You know, like the kind that appears in a gothic horror. It's great. Yeah. Um, but hairy hands, in summary, is a pair of disembodied hands, sometimes described as hairy, sometimes just as hands, um, that appear kind of suddenly and grab the steering wheel or handlebars, if you're on a bike, and force the the victim, the unwitting victim, off the road Uh, in some cases the hands aren't even visible Mm -hmm. they're they're just invisible force pulling you off the road yes um victims often report that their car or bike suddenly jolts or 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 swerves violently yes and tries to steer them off the road
1: which is terrifying It is terrifying even Mm -hmm. even like inside the car
0: yeah (gasps) oh no um, this, this story kind of dates back, it's not the oldest one I have. That's my last mm-hmm. one. Um, but this one dates back to 1910. Okay. Uh, that's when the first recorded, uh, reporting of it is. Um, I don't actually have that report, sadly. Um, but in case you want to create your own reporting, uh, apparently the road is the B3212. Thing. you're welcome um you're gonna go straight there next time you're in yes <laughs> can you drive no no neither can i but let's just take some pedal bikes i, I can fun. i can ride a bike i can yeah bike. it'll be fun i haven't done it in I ages just wanna, but apparently you never forget how to do it. i just want to so. soar
1: down the road yelling oh no it would be a terrible shame if someone were to seize the handlebars oh no, <laughs> I'm just no. Got you, this image of you like with no feet on the pedals <laughs> So I it like, if I only, if yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping no one comes and gets me right now. <laughs>
0: um, so all victims from the first sighting uh, up to the early 1920s survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, they either managed to regain control or, um, uh, or just not get seriously injured in the, you know, the ensuing crash. Um, but starting with, uh, an, an event in June of 1921, um, there was actually a death. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, this was Dr. E.H. Helby. Great who name. was a medical officer for Dartmoor Prison. Great job. Uh, was killed when he lost control of his motorcycle.
1: Not so great death.
0: Yeah. Uh, he did actually have two young girls with him. In, uh, in the sidecar mm-hmm. of his motorbike. Uh, they were the daughters of the prison governor. As you do. Um, but they both survived, good. which is good. You know, I'd prefer not to have child death in the story. <laughs> um, several weeks after Dr. Helby's death, there was another incident. Uh, no deaths this time, but injuries. Uh, when a coach driver lost control of the I assume the coach that he was driving, uh, injuring several passengers. Um, There was also uh, an incident in 1921 still, but in August, um, of an army captain, perhaps Captain Sir, uh, (gasps) reported that a pair of invisible hands had taken hold of him and forced his motorcycle off the road. Did he see the hands? No, they were invisible. Uh, but that story got picked up by the newspapers in London and kind of went nationwide, and that's how the kind of story of Hairy Hands became a full-blown thing. Well,
1: Captain Sir Hugh Rankin's not really having a, a good century, no. is he?
0: He's a, he's a bad mm. time. Um, I know. I remember you mentioned that one of your books is called Supernatural Scotland. Yes. Uh, we have a book here called Supernatural Dartmoor. Nice. Um, which tells some of those stories as well um upsettingly <laughs> this is very upsetting like when i read this i had a moment of just kind of mm-hmm. nope <laughs> just no uh there was a woman in 1924 who was uh camping on on the moors as as you do that's just like because it is signing a release to be serial murdered <laughs> yeah exactly don't go camping on moors you will die not go camping period watch crime dramas yeah, I mean, I go. Camping. I don't go camping. I don't do camping. I go larping. It's not quite the same. Uh, well, you've got weapons, so it's fine. That's mm. true. I'll smack them over the head with a foam sword. It'll all be fine. Um, but yeah, she uh, she was caravanning with her well, husband. That does uh, <laughs> No, that's that's camping for cowards. <laughs> um, and she actually saw. A pair of disembodied hairy hands trying to open her caravan. Yeah. Ooh, that gave me so many chills. Uh Uh-huh. And apparently they vanished after she made the sign of the cross. Huh. At them. Which is interesting because that insinuates they're a demon. Um, Oh. Yeah. Uh, Again, like with the Beast of Bodmin Moor, there were actually... Investigations into this, which kind of gives it like with with yours some level of credence, you know, when it reaches a level where there has to be an official kind of ruling on it.
1: I don't know. I mean, sometimes. I mean, you know, the thing that's going on right now with um, I, I don't want to be too hip and uh, with it, uh, but the, <laughs> the thing that's going on right now with the whole Momo thing, which oh, is yeah. obviously bullshit. I mean it's yeah. bullshit in the sense that there is no demon who's going to crawl out of your phone and strangle you or, or whatever. Yeah, but it is kind of also bullshit and the people <laughs> are just going, "Oh my god, the internet's trying to kill my children." Yeah, that that's um, um you know, I, I blame the news for making it worse for reporting on it, but Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and there have been like but there have I think the Northern Ireland police released a statement about it. Um oh, yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. And um, it, it, it is about protecting your children online obviously, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> or even like... The picture does upset me every time I see I it. Don't I don't like that. that the first time I saw it, it was like 5am. And I I couldn't <gasps> sleep and I opened my phone I was like, Oh will watch some YouTube. and. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't um, think... Okay, Sorry. so in that
0: vein, maybe it doesn't make it that official. But you know what? We'll just go well, with it. Well, I
1: mean... it's it, it means there was enough kind of surrounding It means it. there was enough surrounding it, there was some substance to it, perhaps. I mean, even with something like the Momo case, there is the possibility yeah. of, you know, paedophiles or whatever using them. Yeah, or that it's stealing your kind exactly, of data. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, that that does suggest a su- uh, that, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but basically, uh, interestingly, the the official investigation actually ruled that the road was just not very good. Hmm. Like, the, the, the surface of the road um, was actually kind of degrading. And was making it dangerous, and that was what was causing the accident.
1: Yeah, welcome to Britain.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and locals, like, the local scepticism was that people from not round here um, were driving too fast down roads they didn't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just country driving in general, really, isn't it? Because yeah. People drive like maniacs on the...
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think if you combine the two of those you do get a kind of reasonable explanation. Do you
1: think we have a kind of Bermuda Triangle effect where a relatively high volume of traffic results in more accidents, hence the kind of idea that something supernatural mm. is afoot in a particular area?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, as like with the, with the Bermuda Triangle, I think there is also a sort of thing of people focus on times when it actually went horrible rather than the kind of times where it was fine, even though that outnumbers the times where it went horrible.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... The same with accentuating the negative. Like how people think serial killers are common. Mm. When mm, they're not. I agree. But, um, I mean, I find the visuals... The, the, the particulars of the reports are very interesting. The visual sightings and the people claim they could feel.
0: Yeah. Even if it was invisible, they, like... Felt that there were hands. That, that's
1: very interesting. I think
0: it is also a little bit kind of Patrick Swayze and Ghost. Oh, my love. <laughs> Just you're there and you're driving, and then ghostly hands come down and cover yours. Except you're not making pottery. You're gonna it's die. The dreamy Patrick
1: Swayze, and he looks at you and he says, <laughs> "Join me." <sighs> no, dis- no disrespect. no oh Patrick Swayze, R.I.P.
0: No. Okay so I think before we move on yes. to our last stories I think I need a refill oh, okay. I don't know about yeah, you no, 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 I'm good So we'll, we'll be back in just I a moment just a move. Okay I've got a new drink tell me your next
1: story Okay, this is my last story and it's my spookiest story <gasps> My favourite. Ready for how spooky this is going to be. I'm so ready. Okay, this is also my newest story. Uh, mm-hmm. It takes place in the seventies, and Excellent. then we actually bump it forward to just the last few years. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. so very recent. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. So, the story I'd like to discuss with you is one that I didn't know about until I was doing research on a completely different, non-Scottish uh, paranormal thing. <laughs> Now, I know you've heard of the Grinning Man. (gasps) Yeah, I have. You've heard of the Grinning Man. Um, (laughs) Here's a little taster for anyone who hasn't heard of the Grinning Man. So, uh, this is a cryptid that's usually thought of as American. Back in uh, 1970, an author named John Keel wrote his book, Strange Creatures from Time and Space. Uh, And he published accounts of some very strange encounters... With a very peculiar creature. <laughs> Stop giggling at me. There's so much. No, I'm like, fake crying. Because <laughs> if, if you laugh, you'll be crying. Yeah. So uh, there were two accounts that are usually seen as the kind of um, uh, patient zero accounts, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, in 1966, two boys walking home along a turnpike in New Jersey... Uh, happened to sight a very odd thing what they noticed as they were walking along was uh, behind a fence standing in some brush appeared to be a very tall man over six feet tall dressed in what is described as a sparkling green coverall (laughs) there was a wide black belt around his waist he had a dark complexion and little round eyes beady far apart Jimmy this is a look <laughs> you really Jimmy nudge oh you yeah, know this guy's a fashion icon actually yeah. when they say green suit i just picture um uh, uh what's his name rick Mail and uh drop dead fred and i'm not oh my god I, i'm yes. not i'm not scared anymore quite frankly um, <laughs> but yeah so um they looked around and the figure behind the fence pivoted looked right at them and grinned a big old grin Oh, no. Which is the last thing you want to see late at night behind a fence, quite frankly. Um, The same night, Keel also reported um, several UFO sightings throughout New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. Uh, By civilians and police officers. Um, But a more seminal encounter would occur in uh, just uh, about three weeks later by a man Mm. named Woodrow Wilson Derenberger. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just laugh at people's names. I can when the surname is Burger Darren Burger, Darren Burger. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You apologise. Um, so he was a sewing <laughs> machine salesman because that's what people did in the sixties, and he of was course. driving home um, from. He was driving from Ohio to West Virginia. I assume that's what WV stands for in the state thing.
0: Yeah. Yes. I um, assume so.
1: <laughs> and his sighting was very peculiar. He happened to notice a UFO flying behind him overtaking him. Then a car overtook him and swerved in front of his cross, turning crosswise. It came to a stop. They both came to a stop. A man stepped out and came up to him. Uh, This man was also described as very similar looking, uh, wearing the shiny green material (laughs) and also grinning a big old grin. Uh, (laughs) And he asked, why are you frightened? Don't be frightened. We wish you no harm. We mean you no harm. We only wish you happiness, and told him that his name was Cold. Oh my God! I don't like this. Uh, uh, and also, they had this conversation telepathically. Oh, of course, as you do. As you do. Um, now there are this account in particular is from Skeptoid again. Um, okay. This in in the book um, by Keel, it was linked with several other encounters, um, including a creepy guy prowling around. Um, prowling in the streets and on occasion standing at the foot of someone's bed <gasps> yeah I know no the, that's the worst the common denominator is the grin and that he's quite peculiar looking but as Skeptoid point out um, a lot of these sights uh, there's, there's a lot of these sightings it's kind of um, they don't really have enough in common to be really considered the same creature yeah yeah um it's more like a loose lumping together of characteristics plus the assertion of ufos being nearby um Mm. which may be a case of correlation not causation you know yeah um so you know it's it's wise to be somewhat skeptical about things Um, it is
0: reminding me a little bit of um and i'm going for another pop culture reference because why not um you know that one episode of the simpsons I bring you love. <laughs> that's He wants to bring us love, yeah, like... his love. Break his Break his legs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking about from the uh, cold encounter who is also known yeah. as Ingrid Cold from other accounts. Oh. The grinning man encounters remind me more of that episode of Buffy. You know, uh, Hush. Oh, uh, the gentleman. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, Doug Jones.
1: I love him. King
0: of my heart. My
1: favorite boy. Um, but yeah, so what has this got to do with Scotland, I hear you ask Uh, well, I hear myself answer Um, who is our Scottish lad? no, there's not much on him and the origins of the story are kind of hard to find a lot of sources, my main one here being uh, A.L. Kuhn, writing for British Paranormal um, they sort of mention police reports, which is somewhat ambiguous, because Obviously, it can be difficult to get hold of police reports.
0: Yeah, um, they're kind of meant to be not easy to get hold of if you're a civilian. Uh,
1: you, they haven't seen me try. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as, as with... Um, this is also what uh, Skeptoid pointed out about Keel's reports. Uh, he tends to... He doesn't really cite where these encounters came from, and pretty much all of the sources come from his book. So the origins of it are somewhat ambiguous. Um, yeah. That having been said, um, let's go on with the Glasgow ones, which I find yes. slightly more unsettling. Not just oh, because dear. they're closer to where I'm sitting right now. <laughs>
0: you know, um, he's right outside your window.
1: Well, he's he's a long way from Glasgow. Actually, I'll put him that He's gonna have to find his own goddamn. They're way coming
0: home. to get you, Katrina.
1: Doesn't work on me. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't work on me. <laughs> but yes, so uh, this creature was seen um, in the later 1970s, uh, 1976 to 1979 to be precise, in the Crosshill mm. area of the city of Glasgow, um, which is south of the River Clyde. Um, there were 17 reports made in total, uh, three of which we have the details of in these reports I'm about to give you. 11 of these were reported on the street 6 were reported inside the witnesses' homes Oh god Yep uh, The general kind of MO of this creature uh, Sightings happen between 9pm and 4am And apparently always by women Interesting This being also appears solid And is described as demented, tormented Other uh, various semi ableist words You know what I mean? Um, which you know might lead you to believe it's a drunk guy having yeah. having a laugh. It's Glasgow, come on. Um, but just some of the way, some of the behaviour is, I would say, out of the ordinary for the time period, the place. Just yeah. just being a drunken lout. So, um, uh, one sighting. This one is probably the most famous one of the Gurning Man, as he is known. Uh, gurning being slightly different kind of meaning uh, contorting your face rather than grinning
0: yeah do you think that was to avoid
1: like copyright I don't know well I don't think it's copyrighted oh ah, fair I, I don't know Um, but yeah so this sighting was a woman uh, doesn't give her name but she was in her home where she lived with her husband and her their two daughters sleeping mm-hmm. semi-detached home uh, Cross Hill area of Glasgow when she was woken by a snorting sound at the end of her bed oh my god she initially thought it was her husband snoring but when she lifted her head from the pillow she was terrified to see a man at the end of the bed (laughs) illuminated by moonlight and rubbing his hands against his chest and grinning I hate this you're welcome she screamed and her husband woke up jumped up and slammed on the light switch on the wall the man was gone that's the case and it kind of I'm sorry it kind of sounds like maybe a night terror or sleep paralysis yeah (laughs) Um, but she did say she lifted her head off the pillow which is hard to I mean I've had sleep paralysis it's 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 hard to plus a lot of the time when you have sleep paralysis you are kind of aware that you have it you just can't really do anything to stop it yeah
0: I mean the clue Um, is kind
1: of in the name yeah and you're paralyzed (laughs) Um, again, like the origins of this encounter aren't clear enough to really make any definite observations, but,
0: Mm. um, there's not even a name
1: given exactly. Um, but I, I read a report, which I don't know if it was the same case. Um, but it, it was reported to be in Scotland and it was also anonymous, but this case had him standing outside the window staring in at her. (laughs) Um, so I don't know if that was one of the other cases or if it's the same case just reported differently but yeah I mean without access to police reports or to more original sources we may never know Um, but I mean days earlier what gives slight credence to it not just being a night terror um, a very similar encounter was reported by two teenage girls less than 100 metres from this house uh, these two girls, oh, these two girls, were on their way home from a party when they saw a strange man, in his fifties, wearing what they described as a black leotard. <laughs> it's <laughs> slightly, ha- I, I, I'm just picturing like, you know the, oh. the the front the front of that Stranglers best of album cover. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm seeing in my mind's eye, or like, oh yeah, or like, I don't know, or like Vince Noir. Vince Noir. <laughs> Or, know, or Kate Bush on a really rough day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no. But what this guy was doing, he was described as shifting agitatedly. Uh, and this okay. was just kind of in the middle of the road. Um, yeah. The girls felt fear and dread and stopped their conversation so, so they could concentrate on walking by silently. That's fair. They didn't look... I mean, that's everything. something every young woman is familiar with, am I right, ladies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. Um, <laughs> they didn't look at him directly, but in their mm. peripheral vision they saw that he was making a bizarre contorted expression, described <laughs> as halfway between a grin and a grimace, uh, and he was also snorting and grunting loudly. Oh, so like the,
0: like the first story.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, and again... It's the black leotard that really throws me off. Yeah. Because if he was just a drunk dude, mm, then... You wouldn't...
0: Unless it was a guy who'd escaped from, like, a hen... Not a hen do, A stag-do. <laughs> escaped from one.
1: <laughs> escaped. <laughs> I, He's run wild. To be fair, you'd have to hold me involuntarily to attend either a stag or a a, stag or a hand do Come on. Stag <laughs> or a hen do. How many signers have you had? I'm losing my goddamn mind. It's all going so well. Um, But uh, yeah, um, so they started to run, understandably. Yeah. um, Away from this monster, this creature. They're being chased by Kate Bush, it's normal. But when they glanced back, they noticed he'd entirely vanished. Um, (gasps) Their testimony said that this was. they didn't think this was possible to happen Mm -hmm. so quickly because there was no cover or hiding place on the road. Oh, that's fair. A third very similar report saw an elderly woman in the same rough area of town putting milk bottles out for a collection. Uh, hmm. She saw a strange-looking man in tight black, black clothing standing in the middle of her road and moving from side to side as though he was running on the spot.
0: Are we sure this just isn't Noel Fielding? What, during his
1: <laughs> David Bowie years? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was... Or, like, Russell Brand. I think it was a bit... Soon. but do we have any proof that, that Noel Fielding is the age he says he is yeah that's true okay, okay. well he's going down on my suspect list <laughs> Noel Fielding Glasgow ecstasy <laughs> question mark Okay, cocaine question mark cocaine um, but yeah very similarly uh, in the blink of an eye he too was gone Oh. Mm. Um, in in two of the other reports um, of these 17 that allegedly exist, um, mm-hmm. the man was reported as a burglar in the home. Um, but when the police arrived, there was no evidence of a break-in or a burglar on site. Ah, mm.
0: okay. So there is quite a lot of crossover to- between the stories.
1: Yes, and um, interestingly... Um, this website, britishparanormal.co.uk, they wrote this article in about 2012, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, but they actually did a follow-up piece in 2018, compiling Ooh. some recent sightings, uh, this time in the Queen's Park area. Yeah. Um, so, they received what they describe as a trickle of emails. Um. Trickle? Good word. The good word. That's for the good word collection. <laughs> um, in 2017, uh, A woman contacted them. Uh, Queen's Park, by the way, is adjacent to Cross Hill, uh, so not too far away. And she claimed that she'd encountered the gurning man while walking home one night after spending time with her friends. Uh, Her account uh, describes a spindly old man dressed in Mm. tight black clothes with a neckline (laughs) that sat low across his chest, almost exposing his nipples. It's Russell Brand. I'm glad he got so confident. Yeah, Yeah. he's just out there living his best life. Like this is Russell Brand after like a three-day-long peyote binge. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, He was also standing in the road, uh, but this time between a car, a parked car, and a van. Um, Mm. So she only noticed him when she was walking along the pavement and was within feet of him. She said he was probably aged between seventy and ninety. And as soon as she laid her eyes on him, his face shifted into a terrifying expression. He started flapping his arms while snorting and groaning loudly. Uh, The author says that uh, initially this this report was dismissed, you know, because it can so easily be a copycat. But then a second uh, sighting was reported some weeks later, this time by a group of teenage girls. Um, It it says they were sitting in the park enjoying some beverages, which I love because it's an ambiguous (laughs) sentence. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was. We know what beverages age they were. Age-appropriate beverages. Yes. It was iron brew. Yeah, with vodka. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> when yes, when a member of them noticed some unusual movement behind the trees, she alerted her friends, who quickly cut to silence and focused their attention on the spot in question. Unable to discern what was causing the disturbance, one of the party decided to shine their mobile phone torch towards the area. To their Good idea. To their horror, the light fell upon the contorted and twisted face of a gurning man. <gasps> he stood, jittering and muttering, rubbing his hands against his chest in a maniacal fashion. They got out of there pretty quickly. Yeah, that's sensible. Uh, and again, a lot of the mannerisms are quite consistent with maybe a prowler. Mm. Um, but it said... Um, uh, the author comments that you know maybe these two sightings were linked in conspiracy uh, perhaps mm. both are hoaxes and you know they're known or maybe neither are hoaxes but the man in question is one man who is trying to copy the terror of the 1970s
0: which is also yeah. not
1: unknowable um, also, but finishes by saying that the two emails were sent from different IP addresses um, mm-hmm. and the level of conviction and description in the messages um, was pretty convincing um, uh-huh. And the fact, and uh, the author also spoke to both witnesses via telephone, and says they were clearly different people, and that they seem pretty convinced of what happened to them. So, yeah. is it possible that he is back? Because if that's the case, it would suggest a he's moved, mm-hmm. um, and b he was described as being oldish in the seventies, around around fifty-ish. So forty years on, he could he'd be what ninety. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is the age she's being described at. Well, yeah, I mean, is it the same person but older? It could Something be. Something more supernatural? <sighs> Either way, it's, it's definitely more unusual than your average, because we've all encountered a creepy drunk guy in the street. Yeah, but,
0: but I've never encre- enc- encountered that kind of creepy guy in the street.
1: Yeah, the kind of, oh shit, I think I might actually die. By, yeah. by ghost tonight, hmm. um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that apparently he's made a comeback. Yeah, he's making a comeback album. Yeah, he's it's all good. And also, kind of the description of him standing at the foot of people's beds and prowling in urban areas does tie yeah. does tie into some of the American ones that were yeah. kind of dismissed by Skeptoid earlier. Uh, well, well, not dismissed, but you know, just saying, well, they're not really connected to the UFO sightings. Mm-hmm. Uh, which in turn has connections to, you know, Calder's connections to Mothman, that kind of thing. Um, oh, so, is it possible that the being who was seen at the foot of the woman's bed in the states was the same being in Glasgow? <gasps> the one Maybe. in the the one in the states wore a checkered suit, but or a
0: green sparkly suit.
1: I don't think that could that's the same person. uh Although, fair.
0: that's just a green sparkly suit guy
1: because that story sounds a lot more related to aliens if that makes sense mm, whereas the other one the other ones don't seem to have an alien connection yeah no, i get what you mean yeah um so obviously i don't think we're ever going to know but nope. um i'm glad i'm not in glasgow right now
0: yeah me too <laughs> um i'm going to use the link of excellent fashion okay on our cryptids <gasps> ooh to bring us to our last one of the evening. I love this cryptid so much. Uh, we are in Victorian England, oh, yeah. my friends.
1: Specifically, I always am, like, uh, suburban London. Mm. you always what? I'm always in Victorian England, like, emotionally, if
0: not physically. Yeah. I'll say. Mm. I mean, if anti vaxxing continues, we will be in Victorian Oh, I'm looking you forward know, to times. it. Yeah. Um, but we are in suburban London, but also a little bit in the Midlands and a little bit in Scotland. Um, but for the sake of this story, I will be focusing on the sightings in London. Mm-hmm. Um, we are talking about the infamous spring Jack. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Not to be confused with Jack the Ripper, which is apparently
1: a thing that happens. Well, I mean, there's this whole idea that maybe spring Jack inspired Jack the Ripper, but that is a rant I will save for another time.
0: Yeah, where for our Jack the Ripper
1: episodes. <laughs>
0: Um, but he was described by those who'd seen him and there are a lot of people who've seen him mm. uh, between in his kind of active time, which was between about 1837 and 1904, um, as having a terrifying and frightful appearance. <laughs> um, that is a direct quote uh, with diabolical physiognomy, physiognomy face. Is, yeah. Sure. Uh, Clawed hands and eyes like red balls of fire. Um, And here's where the fashion comes in, by the way. He's described as wearing a black cloak, a helmet, and a tight white garment. And he's single, you say? Yes. Yes, he is, ladies. (laughs) Um, A look, really. You know, he's going for like the kind of Freddie Mercury
1: glittery bodysuit. And I'm into it. It made me think of that film, The Phantom of the Paradise.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. That is very Phantom of the Paradise, actually. Do you think we should start a drinking game for how many pop culture references we make? I mean, I don't want to die. No, no. Um, Some stories mention him having a devil-like appearance, and I'm not sure if that's meant to be, like, devil-like horrifying, or devil in a kind of Vincent Price... Kind of way. Uh, you know, with the little, like, goatee and the
1: moustache. What was the Victorian de- pic- idea of the devil?
0: Um, often the, the like, kind of, well, it plays a lot into, like, Victorian
1: uh, racism. Ah. Let's be real. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, Yeah.
0: Think kind of Gary Oldman in Dracula.
1: I'm always thinking kind of, of Gary thing. Oldman in Dracula. Yeah. Oh, we all are.
0: Um, but he's also often described as having a gentlemanly appearance. But they always say the gen- the devil looks like a gentleman. So this is being played Those by t- Tom
1: Waits in um in in Imaginary yes. of Doctor Parnassus. Then he looks like a wise old hobo. Then he looks like Tom Waits.
0: Yeah, that's just also that's synonymous, little link there.
1: Yeah. Tom Waits yeah. also in Dracula. He was. He played Renfield. Mhm. I love Tom. Watson.
0: Um, but he's also described often as tall and thin which is a bit of a a continuing theme. Yes it is, isn't it? Um mm. and it's sometimes said he could breathe blue and white flames, and that's impressive. Um at least two people said he spoke comprehensible English, nice bit of Victorian racism for you there. Um but no one ever was caught or identified. Mm. So, you know. And what did this devil do? So, um he mostly kind of just terrified people. Mm-hmm. Uh, would appear, do some weird stuff, disappear again. Um, but there are two very famous uh, cases mm-hmm. about him. Uh, there's They're called the Scales case and the Allsop case. Um, and they both happen in the same year and very close to each other, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, just over a week apart. Um, s- to start with the Allsop case, because alphabetical order, um, also hers happened first. Um... Jane Allsop is the victim Mm -hmm. in this story. Again, like with yours, it seems to mostly be women that get uh, attacked and, you know, it's like life. Um, Yeah. So she reported that she'd opened the door to a man claiming to be from the police. Um, He told her to bring a light because they thought that they had captured Spring-Heeled Jack in the lane. So he is self-referencing at this point.
1: Now, would you, would you, if someone was at your door claiming that... I mean, I would ask... uh, What's the modern equivalent of Spring Hill Jack? uh, Momo. (laughs) uh, No, then I would bolt my door, then I would hammer it shut, then I would get a rocket launcher, then I would sit Mm -hmm. in the living room, and I would never sleep again.
0: Yeah. Um, But I I really enjoy the fact that he's self-referencing.
1: I don't know he's becoming a bit too meta yeah
0: um so she she went and brought him a candle because it's the Victorian era and this is when we bring candles on little, on um, little plates yeah exactly also I didn't mention this is in 1838 okay so pretty early on that is pretty. Early, uh, in terms it? of his kind of reign um but yeah uh she brought the candle and noticed that the man that she was talking to was wearing a long cloak um and she's now outside the house. She's come out of the house to give this man a candle, which is a terrible idea. Don't ever go out of your house Mm-mm-mm. if something spooky is happening.
1: Unless there's um, something spooky is happening inside the house, in which case, go outside the house. That's
0: true. Yeah. Um, as soon as she handed him the candle, he threw off the cloak in a sort of... And it's me, Anastasia. Anastasia. Uh, Frank To present another... Co- oh, mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, To present, and I quote, a most hideous and frightful appearance. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, And vomited blue and white flames at her. Casual, you know. How? Um, Jane described him as wearing a large helmet and clothes that resembled a white oil skin. Okay. Which is, I think, where the tight white clothing kind of comes in. Yeah. Um, He caught hold of her and tore at her gown with claws of a metallic substance, oh to quote. Uh, she screamed for help and ran into the house. Uh, he caught her and tore at her arms and neck um, until she was rescued by her sisters. Wow. So that's our first account. That's pretty full on. Uh, and, and that's why you don't answer the door at night or ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also what I like about that, and about the um, the Scales case as well um, is that unlike with, for example, the Gurning Man stories, uh-huh. you have kind of physical proof that something happened. Yes. You've got scratches on her arms, on her neck, her nightdress is torn to shreds. So there's like physical proof that even if it wasn't an actual, you know, specter. Yeah. Something did happen, which makes it a bit more... Interesting. It's more substantial, that's for sure. Hmm. Absolutely. Um. So the next case uh, happens only eight days later. So he's kind of in the area. are he
1: doing for eight days?
0: Oh, I don't Just know. probably terrorizing someone else. Um. So this is the Scales case. This is Lucy Scales and her sister. Um. Were returning home after visiting their brother in Limehouse. Well,
1: where, where, um, where did they live?
0: Uh, I don't know. It didn't specifically say, but it was within walking distance for two young ladies to walk
1: alone. I vaguely remember reading somewhere it was Clapham.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. That's kind of within walking distance-ish. I mean, they're both south. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they mentioned
1: specifically in the account that it was a nice part of Limehouse. Like a respectable <laughs> part. Well, thank God for that. Otherwise I wouldn't care, quite frankly. I know. What I know. happened
0: to them? Um, Lucy stated that her and her sister were passing along Green Dragon Street mm. when they saw a figure uh, ahead of them. Uh, just kind of not turned towards them, turned towards the wall, kind of masked in the darkness mm. kind of thing. Um, and at this point, Lucy was in front of her sister Um, And as she came up to the person who wore a large cloak, he turned around and spat these blue flames at her. Oh, my. So kind of same as the first story. There's blue fire. It's being spat or or vomited in some description. Mm. Um, But what the fire did was it blinded her. um, And it actually caused her to collapse and start fitting. Oh, my. Um. The brother, who was, they were still within hearing distance of his house, uh, heard screams, and um, the between him and the sister, they got her home, and her sister described the attacker um, as tall, thin, and gentlemanly in appearance, wearing a cloak and carrying. Um, oh, I forget the term. Like a, like a bullseye lantern? Oh, yes, yes. Like the prototype flashlight yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. So that's the, the second kind of main account, but he appears a lot, like, I mean, of all of the stories that we've gone through, besides maybe, um, your first one, uh-huh. he seems to have the kind of longest, um, reign. Mm um but basically as as time moved on like as it got later in the in the 19th century and moved into the 20th century um he actually started moving further north so as time kind of progresses he goes from being in london to being in the midlands and eventually reaching uh like northumberland and and scotland
1: Which is, and then he kind of vanishes once he reaches Scotland. That's because he met the Gurning Man, they fell very deeply in love, and they ran away together. Yeah, yeah, I'm into mm. that. That works
0: mm. for me. That would explain why they both kind of... Maybe he inspired the Gurning Man. Maybe. Like, he took him on as, a, like, a like a mentor
1: okay. kind of okay, figure. Okay,
0: okay. And he taught him his ways. Uh-huh. And then he was like, go out into the world. Scare the, the girls. Scare
1: the girls. <laughs> young man. And. But of course, the. Now, uh, Springhill Jack was also sighted in America, I recall reading.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. He was. So maybe. I don't know. Were there a lot of ships going from Scotland to
1: America? And what if they travelled together to America?
0: <gasps>
1: um, on their, their honeymoon. honeymoon. Yes. <laughs>
0: and. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a good old time spooping over there. Yeah, and
1: then and then, I,
0: when was the last sighting of Springhill Jack Dino? I'm gonna. Um,
1: I'm gonna look I mean, this in up.
0: England, yeah. in England, it was around 1904. Okay, is when is the last kind of properly kind of not verified because that means that it's true, but um kind of last one that has any weight okay. to it was the beginning of the 20th century. Okay,
1: okay. But, um, yeah, he, uh, he just kind of dropped off the map, though, eh? Yeah. Which is
0: sad, because he had such a good aesthetic, but also, I guess, it,
1: it, I don't know. Why did he, why did he go? I'm double-checking this, because I'm curious if there's been any. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Is any more modern sightings? I want to know. Mm. Well, I'm just clicking open the Wackabodire article. Oh, amazing. Um, Because that's where I do all my research. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the only feedback I got from my dissertation. What is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, music, television, blah blah blah. Uh, okay, well, it's giving things an alphabetical order, which is annoying to me. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Chronological. <laughs> Give me- the last reports, 1870s, 1873. No, they were later than that. Well, this is bullshit. Yeah. All right.
0: I guess if uh, if we find anything else, we can put it on our Facebook yes, page. Yes, exactly. Um, which you can uh, follow us. Yes, at. you can.
1: You can yeah. at um, now. What is it at? Is it is that grave? It's grave history That's podcast yeah Mm
0: -hmm, and if we get off our asses there will also be a twitter and an instagram yes that is
1: going to be happening Mm -hmm. it's going to be happening um yeah i'll be trying to i mean the annoying thing i guess when about being having the audio format is that um sometimes you just want to show a picture of the creepy thing yeah Uh, so we can post it. yeah we can we can post pictures yeah,
0: and we can link the two up as well. So if you post something on Instagram, it'll, it'll post you on... You can do that.
1: Oh, yeah. the, the, the... It's a brave new the world. The 20th century never ceases to amaze me. 21st Whatever century, century we're in. <laughs> doesn't matter.
0: Don't out yourself, God. What? what?
1: <laughs> Whatever. Although, I think that
0: brings us to the end. Yeah,
1: that's all I had to... I mean... Ah, there's so many... I, I've got a list of other cryptids that I kind of wrote about in, in Scotland. Like, mm. uh, I kind of wanted to talk about the Linton Worm. Oh, uh, a, a classic. Not the East Linton Worm. I'm in the East Linton Worm. But the Linton... I'm I'm the East Linton Worm. I am the cryptid. It's, that's just, that's just, that's just me slithering it. to the co-op without makeup on. A rare sighting. Indeed. <laughs> uh, it, it's a very common sight. Um, yeah plus um, <laughs> um, I had a ton of other stuff like the blue men uh, not to be confused oh. with the drumming group um, the blue man group blue... I'm afraid I blew myself <laughs> but um, yeah. we've got a big long list of stuff that we want to talk about um, which will include other cryptids um, well, yeah. we can also have ghosts
0: yep ghosts, murders, uh, true crime, true crime. Uh, terrifyingly terrible, uh, Victorian
1: expeditions into the wilderness. Ooh, yes. Uh, some assassinations, disappearances. Yeah, uh, historical locations. Mm-hmm.
0: UFOs. It's all going off. And the Fair Folk. It's all happening. Yay. Yay. Um, and... but the next episode that we, we have for you uh-huh. will be... Uh, part two of British Cryptids. Uh-huh. We're not just pretending that Northern Ireland and Wales don't exist. No no no. We're not uh, we're not doing that. No. Um so they will be the ones that we cover next.
1: Mm-hmm. And we're gonna try and handpick some of the best ones for you. Although again it's frustrating because so many great legends and we're we're oh, just we're right? just doing our, our personal best. Mm. Mm.
0: But you will have to wait for yes. that on the next episode. Of Grave History, the Macabre History Podcast. Wonderful. Uh, good night. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs> Don't let the bedbugs bite.
1: Don't let the kerning man bite. <laughs> Sorry.